0: Rogers, Business App Market brings together the right apps for your business and wraps it all up with Rogers' world-class support. Microsoft Office 365 makes it easy, whether you need to securely store and backup files, access or share documents in the cloud, collaborate with your team, or manage your business from anywhere and on any device. Plus, with support from Rogers, you'll get everything up and running quickly. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash business apps. Scotiabank understands that business is personal and your business has unique needs. That's why we offer flexible solutions for your business banking. Create your own business banking package that works for you by opening an account online in minutes with ease and start saving today. Visit scotiabank.com forward slash small business to get started.
1: sharing the journey of real Canadian changemakers and the impact they have on the world we live in. It's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada
0: podcast. million entrepreneurs if you are a regular show listener welcome back if you're new to the program hey don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and Google Play Music and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources and a peer network to grow your success. I'm Rivers Corbett and entrepreneurship is part of my DNA. Whether it's building my own companies or helping other entrepreneurs build theirs, this is my lane. Want to connect after the podcast? You can find me at www.meetrivers.com small this is Brian Veloso. He's the Senior Director at SAP Concur Canada. Canada. All right. Well, <laughs> you know, sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, you just happen to get lucky to have an amazing guest. And this guy today is not one of those, by the way. He's <laughs> In all fairness, we've had a great conversation ahead of time. And uh, Brian Veloso has is, uh, is, uh, really brought a lot of passion just to this conversation. Before we even get started, he's got an extensive background, and we're going to have an epic conversation. So Brian has more than 19 years of experience in strategic sales in both the technology and services industries in Canada. And for the past 13 years, Brian has been an integral part of expanding SAP Concur's footprint into the Canadian marketplace, carrying a sales bag for several years. Brian successfully, I I love my my script writers are so amazing with this stuff. Like I would never write it that way, (laughs) just Brian got his ass on a plane and he just went from coast to coast and made it happen. But no, you've got a sales bag with these guys. He successfully educated finance departments and companies of all sizes about the value of automation and how using data can help them do more with less to run their businesses more effectively. A little bit more we're going on here. Brian has built and led, led several successful teams over the years, starting with SAP Concur's enterprise division, which saw exponential growth while expanding across the country. Right now, he's currently focused on, best, on building SAP Concur's fastest-growing small and mid-sized business division. He leads multiple teams from coast to coast, driving market and brand awareness while supporting the growth in corporate initiatives of SAP Concur's existing client base. Passionate about small business success and the impact that automation can have in achieving growth Brian has a keen eye for identifying and solving challenges that small that small businesses are facing today and showing Canada's small businesses what they can achieve by taking advantage of digital tools that can adapt and scale with them as they grow and that's a key word these days is helping businesses to scale when not immersed in accelerating sales growth or traveling for work Brian can be found tackling his other passions an obstacle race runner participates in a number of fundraising events events for charities near and dear to his heart and coaches his three children in a number of different sports. Brian, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast show.
1: That was an unbelievable intro. I need to get that to, I need to get that to my children.
0: You do and you make and every night instead of prayers this is what you get them to do. <laughs>
1: dear Brian. At least at least I'll, I'll go to sleep happy.
0: So okay, so what I want to dive into now is uh, is we're going to talk a lot of things, a lot of things, business, but um, and bigger business for what you're doing. But I want to talk about sales to get started, and particularly, you know, uh, what you do is is a talent. It's a discipline. What, in your opinion, and, and I'm going to go off script a few times. Yeah, you yeah, Probably guess I would anyway. What's what's the issue with businesses not being able to one? Understand the importance of sales, let alone putting the right disciplines in place to uh, d- to develop and then execute them. You know,
1: I, I don't think it's a matter of organizations not understanding the the importance of sales, or at certain times not even having the disciplines or the tools in front of them. I think it's finding the right people that sometimes is challenging. In this day and age, I, I remember working for organizations where people were there for 20, 25 years, and in this day and age, you're you're hiring people of a different generation millennials, Generation X, or Generation Z that that. For frankly, are looking for constant advancement in their careers. So they might start off in sales and, and feel that they need to dabble in marketing a year later. So, so the advice that I give to a lot of organizations, and I get a chance to speak to a lot of small businesses, is one to first surround yourself with sales individuals that are equally as passionate about the products and the services that you sell. Mm-hmm. And then what you want to do is you want to give them clear direction and let them know that their roles are integral with regards to the success of the organization. So I think that's key. It's it's, again, it's not so much um, giving the people the right tools, which is inherently important. I mean, technology and tools is absolutely critical for every single organization, but it's a matter, it goes right down to the people again and finding the right people that are equally as passionate about what you do
0: so emphasis on the the words find the right people yes so uh, you know there really becomes uh, yeah an element of passionate about products but how do you test that i mean i particularly for small businesses when they're getting started it's like you know i got a $35,000 price point here and i can pay somebody and i need or i need them to be on commission i just need somebody to say yeah i can go meet these people and of course 99% of the time they don't so how do you find these people in your opinion
1: Yeah, you know what? It's it's about who you know. It's the network that you've built. So it's funny. When I look at the people who I surround myself with now, it's people that I've known for years. Um, People that have been partners of mine in previous careers or in the career that I have right now with SAP Concur. It's people that you can trust. People who have seen the success or frankly, even the challenges that I've gone through over the 13 years, but feel that it's something that they're passionate about that they want to be involved in. So again, not to say that you can't find that that, you know, that needle in a haystack coming right out of university. But for the most part, leaders that I try to surround myself with, the sales leaders that I try to surround myself with, are people who I've known for years and that I trust and frankly want to be part of what we're creating here, specifically with my organization, SAP Concur.
0: Yeah, and I want to talk about SAP Concur here in a a second, but one more element of of the sales side. And, you know, you hear it all the time that good salespeople You just give them the direction as you reference and you let them go. If you try to micromanage these good salespeople, you will lose them. Is that, is that fundamentally what you've experienced? Yeah.
1: You know what? So I've been very fortunate. So, so we've seen a a, a tremendous amount of success over the last couple of years, ever since we've kind of entrenched ourselves in the small and medium sized businesses here in Canada. And what I kind of attribute that success to is one, having the right people that's critical, but we've given them clear, what I refer to as KPIs, the, the key performance indicators that that help them understand how they can actually strive towards their success. Not only do we make sure that those KPIs are clear, but we make sure that we repeat them. We make sure that we can inspect them, and we make sure that those are rewarded on a regular basis. And that's what keeps people motivated.
0: I love it. So SAP Concur, give us, uh, give us the journey on that company that is uh, just doing great things across the country.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So if, if you look at our mission, it's, it's very straightforward. It's to accelerate the success of our customers. And we do this by helping them anticipate and avoid risk. We help them become more financially viable. And you used the word earlier around scale. We help them scale their business. And the way that we do that is we give them control and visibility over their spend, over their finances. We do this through the automation of travel booking, expense reporting, and supplier invoice management. And today we're doing this for over 13,000 small, medium-sized businesses globally
0: that's incredible so what's your what's what's the and i work a lot with the startups world and we're always about find that value proposition find that thing that really starts to differentiate yourself so obviously diving deeper into this conversation would be able to we'd be able to, uh, be able to uh, really understand that but on a on a high level sap concur what's the what's the holy crap man brian i need to talk to you
1: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so if if you think about most organizations even in this day and age, they're still using very manual processes to manage their finances within the business. So let's use an example of expense reporting. Organizations are still using Excel spreadsheets, which is a very time-consuming. <laughs> yeah, you laugh, but it's—I believe it is it, It's our largest competitor globally. No way! <laughs> that's so funny. It's our I largest it. competitor globally. And when I describe to entrepreneurs, um, or even frankly. Friends of mine who might work for large organizations and I explained to them that the way that I file an expense report is simply taking my smartphone, which almost everybody has one today, and I take a picture of the receipt and essentially the work is done for me and my expense report is filed on my behalf. They're they're floored by that because today they're still using Excel spreadsheets, which most people will think, well, hey, well, that's not a bad way to manage your business because it's electronic. But when you think about how an in-person actually incurs an expense, I might have a corporate card, I go to a business, I swipe my card and someone will say, well, great, the information has been captured electronically. But what happens is they print you off a receipt. And then what are you responsible for doing? Well, then you transcribe that information into an Excel spreadsheet. And then an organization might say, great, we've got this information now electronically, but what does the individual do? Well, they print off that Excel spreadsheet and they staple their receipts. And then eventually it goes through a workflow process where some approvals happen, uh, validation of policy compliance. It makes its way into AP. And that's the last line of defense. And those people now are responsible for taking information that has now been captured electronically twice and keying it into their general ledger, at which they're probably doing so at a summary level, because the amount of details to actually key in to give you the type of data that would be valuable to your organization is just time too time consuming.
0: Wow! Yeah, you I mean you uh, you you had me almost asleep by the time <laughs> you got into that deeper dive, and, and and I say that respectfully. You know what no, I mean by that? It's like it absolutely. goes on and on it and, on, on, and, on, and, and on, on and on and on and and hence gives a job to auditors who come along and are finding holes in that that, that whole process. So I love it. And one of the things you, you you mentioned there too, Brian, that I thought was was really impactful was you you referenced the point about you grab your phone, you take a picture, and it's done, and you're able to do that with your sales team right in front of clients so that wow factor is there you're you're not you're not actually just telling them you're showing them are you finding that in your experience as sales and i know what the answer is the answer is yes it's better (laughs) to do that but can you emphasize to our audience of entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast how important it is to be able to not just tell value it's to be able to show it
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me let me give you an example. So, when you think about technology over the years, so we all remember when cloud computing became a popular thing. I don't remember how many years ago. I always say five, six, seven years ago. Meanwhile, it's probably been significantly more than that. But we (laughs) know the impact. we know the impact that the cloud had on small businesses. So for once they were able to use enterprise level software um, at a price point and a subscription model that made sense for them. So obviously that was groundbreaking for an organization and we were able to show them software without having to load it on their computers or have it loaded on our computers. We could simply just log in and show a prospect what we can have, what we can offer them as an organization. And then we moved to mobile, which you just made reference to where we both spoke about and let's use a personal example. So in this day and age, you know How many people are still going to branches? Now, I know branches are still full, but if I receive a check, I can simply just go on to my bank's mobile app. I could take a picture of that check and within seconds, that'll be deposited into my account. That's a real life example that everybody is familiar with from a technology standpoint. Now, in our world, what we have the ability to do is actually go into a prospect, take a copy of a receipt, sit it down on the table and say, prospect, explain to me what your process is. And they'll go through that process. That river has almost made you fall asleep because it's true. That exists in every single organization. Uh. And and what we do is we turn around, we grab our smartphone and we obviously, you know, we say that everyone in your organization likely has one of these, likely does maybe multiple ones and take a picture of a receipt and say, now walk away. And the, the reason why that's so relevant to organization is not because technology is cool. I'm one of those individuals. I like to have the latest technology. But what this does for an organization, and I'll give you an example of a pharmaceutical company, a small one that I recently spoke to. And they talked about what value, I asked, what value could I bring to your organization? And the response was, how do I get one of my pharmaceutical sales reps to speak to one more doctor before the end of the quarter? And I go, the difference is, they don't have to file an expense report now at the end of the quarter, at the end of the month. They have the time available to them. And that's what's so cool about technology and really introducing these types of services to small and mid-sized businesses.
0: And so is, uh, is, is there a particular sector that you folks focus in on because they're the ones that are embracing the technology, the value that you folks bring, or, you, or is it really just companies that need to be streamlining their finance process?
1: it's, it's as crazy as this sounds, it's really anybody. So yeah. I, it's funny. Cause I speak to my leaders and they'll, and they'll, the leaders who I report to, and they'll say, well, Brian, where are you winning your business? And I go, you know, there's not really any rhyme or reason we've, I've, I've had the opportunity to sell this to some of the largest organizations within Canada, but we've also sold this to a sole proprietor. And even I was shocked to a certain degree. And I remember calling that individual and I said, you know what, do you mind me asking? Cause it was obviously one of my sales reps that sold it. I sure. said, why did you, why did you buy it? it I couldn't imagine it was for the efficiencies or anything like that. You're a sole proprietor. Yeah. And he had the best response for me. He goes, cash flow. He goes, I'm an engineer. I'm a consultant. I go out and my ability to be able to capture the expenses that I incur for one of my clients and be able to bill them back is critical to my business because of cash flow. It's what keeps me afloat. Right. Right. So it's not so much about the technology. The technology is what enabled this sole proprietor yeah. to do his or her job.
0: Yeah, you know that's an interesting point you make, Brian. I uh, again, I work with a lot of small businesses, and I and when and I always kind of cringe when, when the the entrepreneur wannabe, and I mean ultimately anybody can be quote unquote an entrepreneur, but it, it's like, well, what's your business? Well, I have an app look <laughs> like the apps, the business. No, no, yeah. it's not the. It's yeah. what the app does. That's yes. the business. Absolutely. It's, and so your reinforcement of that is is bang on. Um, how do you uh, how do you kind of handle finances? Sorry, how does handling finances from the beginning of a business help to create a stronger strategy? You know, we talk about marketing, we talk about branding, and so on. How. How, why is it so important to get a hold of that sooner rather than later? Besides the obvious stuff, okay, you got to pay the bills. I get yeah. that part of it. Yeah. But what's the underlying importance of that? That others just aren't really thinking that it's going to now heighten it. They're going to say, I want to get a hold of Brian.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's take a look at a couple of things. So like I said, I've spoken to hundreds, if not thousands now, thousands small businesses. And one thing that's a common thread amongst all of them is, and we've said that we've used this word before, they're very passionate about their business. They're passionate about it being successful. But what they don't realize is business ownership comes with more, needs more than just passion. You got to look at things like accounting, inventory, expense management, your finances at the end of the day. So when you look at the stats and you talk about why is it so important to manage this early on? Well, 30% of new businesses fail within the first two years. So as you're probably familiar with 50% in the first five years and a staggering 66% will never make it to 10 years. And if you look at it, the two reasons why they fail, I'll, I'll, I'll quiz you on this one, Rivers. What do you think is the first reason?
0: Okay. I I know the answer,
1: but it's because I wrote it down.
0: Okay. (laughs) And and that's fair. So what is the, sorry, repeat the question, because I'm going to give you an answer I don't think you're expecting.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, the main reason why an organization fails.
0: Okay. The organization fails is because the leader doesn't have the right right focus for their business and putting the right people together, but ultimately it comes back to health. The leader's health fails, and that's why they, they don't succeed.
1: Absolutely. So not only the leader's health fails, but the the actual products and the services that they're selling, there's just not a need for it. The vision of that the vision of that leader perhaps wasn't necessarily there. And your answer is is spot on as well, too. Well, the second one, which is near and dear to my heart because obviously it's something that we have a tremendous impact in, is they run out of cash. (laughs) Yeah. So if you think about why it's important early on, well, an organization just can't succeed. The the investment that they have to start the organization, either coming from family or friends, usually that's the only inflection of investment that they get in the organization and that happens at the very very beginning not all organizations are lucky enough to get venture capital sucked into the or or invested into the organization right so being able to manage that in the initial stages of a company's existence is absolutely critical
0: i i want our audience to just notice something that just happened there was the it was the excellence by which you just uh, told me I was wrong.
1: When you, when you asked I believe, the qu- but I believe qu- I agree I believe I agree with you though. You did,
0: you <laughs> did. And that's what I want people to notice what happened. I mean here we we're, we're dealing with a professional and, and understanding human relationships and validation <laughs> and so on. And even though the answer was wrong directly, he came out with absolutely so I'm yeah I am right. But then he says and it's also this and this and this. So <laughs> yeah. I, I just think it's so cool how you how you maneuver that with me. And I still feel very good about the conversation and I'm learning something also at the same time. So, you know, we're laughing about that, but I think that's also part of the, the discipline of, uh, understanding, uh, human dynamics to ultimately help you to get to the point of the sale. So yep. <laughs> congratulations on that.
1: <laughs> I also um, didn't want you to hang up on me.
0: Yeah. I got you, man. I got you. So, um, uh, your team, uh, how do you, how do you, can you continually uh, bring uh, their levels of excellence uh, forward? Uh, because obviously, you know, the way we might have done something two years ago isn't the same as we're doing it today. So how do you bring in those, uh, those, those enhancements of their own capabilities?
1: Yeah, you're referring to the the sales team that I... Yeah, sorry, your own sales team. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? Complacency is the easiest thing. And you know what? I think we all kind of suffer from that from time to time. Um, I make a point on a couple of things as a leader here is one, to constantly bring the team together. It's important to have collaboration. That's absolutely critical. It's funny. I spoke to a client the other day and and from a collaboration standpoint, what he does is that he brings together from different cross-functional parts of the business, a team that is just solely responsible for collaborating on new technology that they bring to the organization, one, to have an impact on the change management, but two, to have a quicker, swifter deployment of that technology. Now, when I look at my team with regards to collaboration on a monthly basis, I make sure that we bring the team together. We do very much work in a, in a remote employee environment here within our organization. I find that people are far more productive. They're far happier working remotely than right. they are, you know, spending 40 minutes in traffic just to get to the office. So that's yeah, the first him. thing. Yep. The second thing is making sure that again, even though we're giving them the satisfaction of being remote, let's bring them in and have that collaboration to make sure that they're not being complacent. At that time, we go over those KPIs that I made reference to, making sure that we're inspecting them, making sure as a team that we still agree that these are the KPIs that are going to drive not only the overall team success, the success of SAP Concur, but the individual success as well. And by coincidence, I've actually got that team, because it's the end of a quarter now, coming together from coast to coast over the next two days in Toronto, just again to making sure that we're constantly sharpening our skill
0: sets. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. Um, So... On that sharpening piece, how do you how do you or, sorry not how, what is your advice to our audience on how they balance personal face-to-face uh, connections? And this, is, and this is a sales conversation with, with, with digital with digital technology and, and ultimately moving the customer through through the sales uh, funnel.
1: Yeah, you know what's interesting is I, I remember my time when I first started my career in sales, where you know the client used to come to you. It was it was very different. Uh, yes. The client used to come to us for presentations, um, and then it evolved where we would go out and see a client, which is still relatively prevalent. But there's so much technology that's available today. I mean, you and I are using Skype as an example. Yep. There are so many other technologies that allow you to have that personal feel with a prospect or a client without av- actually needing to be there. And actually, oddly enough. Some some of the training that we're doing is this great platform that we have within SAP allows us to actually create customized videos with embedded videos from the organization or PowerPoints or actual yeah. demonstrations where an individual can see us while at the same time seeing the motions of the tool and how it works. We can do so either in a recorded fashion or actually do it live as well. And another thing that, that we're doing, not only internally, that is supporting the fact that we are remote and we're now presenting to prospects and clients, Clients a little bit more remotely or virtually as we did before, is that we're actually putting some, quote unquote, I say, quote unquote, loosely here with policy that when we have our own internal conferences that we use our cameras on our computers So we're seeing one another as we're going through our dialogue and the conversations that we're having as well. And we're and we're bringing that to the clients as well.
0: What are the things you probably know you were doing but maybe it's now become such a habit with you and I think it's another lesson of, um, for uh, for our audience is that you have said the word the company name SAP Concur probably I'm going to say seven times in this conversation <laughs> <laughs> and it's all good by the way this is a high five moment because what it, it's branding it's reinforcement of, uh, of of name of value all those sorts of things and I think as uh, I, I remember once I was asked you know how do you market your business for And I said I open my mouth and part of that opening mouth is still a script uh and yeah you try to make it so it doesn't come off as a script but you part of it is this is my name this is my company
1: you you do wear it on your sleeve at the end of the day it's it's your you've got your family and you've got your work and and sometimes those lines get blurred nowadays as well too especially with the work-life balance that we had and yes i I definitely do keep the logo firmly planted on my sleeve here i'm I'm proud to say that i was sap concur's first employee 13 years ago here in canada so oh that's so so cool So I've been very passionate about the business. It just, it flows off my tongue.
0: So I want to talk then about scaling as it relates to you. Obviously, the company uh, has scaled quite significantly and congratulations on that journey. How are they keeping you motivated? How are they keeping you interested in continuing this journey? Because I would think that headhunters would be thirsty knocking on your door or, you know, locking their, their chops saying, ah, there's some guy that I need to talk to about this position, that position.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Our, our leadership team, our extended leadership team does a fantastic job keeping all the leaders, frankly, motivated and and and, and passionate about what they do. But I'll, I'll be honest with you, it's not even the leaders. It's it's actually the team that reports to me that keeps me motivated. And the reason for that, it goes back to me saying I was the first employee here. So every employee after that, to a certain degree, I've, I've been involved in one way, shape, or form, or potentially bringing them into the organization. So I feel like I have an obligation to make sure that they're successful. And that's what keeps me on my toes. It's funny. We were, we're, we're again, having a very successful year where we're very close to hitting our annual targets. And I I reminded the team that there's actually 42 targets, 42 goals, and they all could be different that we need to be focused on. And it's the 42 people that I feel that I ultimately represent. So it's not necessarily the leaders that drive me. It's the people that actually work with me that keep me motivated and keep me on my toes. And frankly, I wouldn't want to go anywhere else because I feel like I'd be disappointing them.
0: Yeah. That's, that's brilliant. You say that I, I mean, I'm an on entrepreneur uh, in my heart, but I'm also fortunate enough I work for the Crown Corporation here in New Brunswick as their entrepreneur in residence, and I just absolutely love the company it's a crown corp and the environment they have created. So I'm the same as you. I just can't see myself not doing that role, even though I'm still doing the thing, other things that I love to do. So I think that, that, that kind of segues into a conversation around culture because that's what ultimately brings it all together. The proverbial drecker, you know, culture eats strategy for breakfast. So how are, what are some of the culture plays that are happening into get, watch this now, Brian SAP concur.
1: <laughs> hey, you said it, not me. <laughs>
0: I'm trying to catch up to you, man. <laughs> so, what are some of the culture plays that uh, that are strategy but are making big impact?
1: You know, that's that's great that you ask that because it's something that is top of mind. I remember when I first started. Actually, let me let me step back. When I first started my career everyone talks about culture, but no one is able to define what it is. Right. And it's and, I, and I'd and i argue we suffered from the same thing as well. About six months ago, we actually decided that um, we needed to embark in really defining what culture means for the small, medium-sized business unit within SAP Concur, but globally. And we refer to it as our leadership principles. And leadership doesn't mean it, that you need to be a leader. It means the, the principles that you have or the qualities that you have that make you help you lead this organization regardless of the role that you have. And we went through a tedious six-month process to put together a manifesto that really embodied what culture means to us as a business unit. And words that were commonly used as we were going through talking with individuals within different cross-functional parts of the business were things such as trust, commitment. And one thing that came over and over again was, do what you say. Right, And that was absolutely critical. And ever since we introduced this manifesto, um, one of the things that our organization here in Canada does on a monthly basis is actually give a wing person of the month award. This is outside of sales, but this is the person who has embodied these leadership principles the best. And we give this award and we recognize that individual to make sure that, again, it's not just um, you know, a banner that's on the wall that talks about what our principles are, talks about our mission statement. It's us actually living and breathing it on a day-to-day basis and rewarding those who are going above and beyond. So culture is critical. And I'm happy to say that we've now actually defined what that means to our
0: organization. Uh, that's so great stuff. So what's the culture of your family?
1: (laughs) My culture of my family. Well, that's a, that's an interesting one. Um, you know, we've I've I've got perhaps the most loving family and the and the funnest family here. It's it's so funny. When mm-hmm. I look at how I was raised and yes. how I'm raising my children now, I like to think that I have the same you know the principles we use the principles in play but the way that we interact with our children now is just so much different like i am i'm truly a best friend to my daughter i'm truly i feel like a mentor to both of my boys just cuz i've got that different interaction with them at the end of the day and my wife is just she's just absolutely fantastic supporting she's the foundation of this entire of this entire all the four walls within our house here so
0: yeah, well, and, and why I ask that is uh, is it because because we're talking about the uh, the brilliance of of what you're doing with SAP Concur, but it it, it also takes that balance side to help make that happen. And uh, absolutely, you know, a, sh- a shout out to the team. And it yep. does take the five of you to bring that all together to to one understand what the team is trying to achieve, but then to execute that on it. And, and I know that that it's not just you giving; it's them giving also back all 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 for them in addition absolutely. to you. So, so um what uh, what are some of the crazy things and you all know, pick one or two that your sales team has done personally you can pick one or two people and you say this guy he just does this because this is this is the sense of sales is the in, in inference that they're adventurers they're out there they're willing to do stuff that nobody else is willing to do is that true and if it is what are some things that you're uh, seeing people are doing
1: yeah, no, absolutely. So we'll, we'll get, we'll, I'll give you craziness on two different levels, one on a personal level and one on a, from a business standpoint. So I do have a crazy team. So we talked a little bit earlier about that I'm very passionate about some, some charities. And recently we had the opportunity, and we've been doing this for the last seven years now, but the team keeps on getting bigger and bigger, which means that my sales team is getting crazier and crazier, is that we, for charity, for the Make-A-Wish Foundation, we actually rappel down Toronto's iconic 33-story ah, city hall. Love it! To raise money for, for Make-A-Wish, and we've done that now for the last, so, and this is all because, again, of, of my youngest, uh, we've been doing this now for the last seven years, and this year we had a team of eight that actually rappelled down City Hall, which was an absolutely a crazy experience. So that's some of the outrageous things they do on a personal level. But when, when you think about sales individuals, you know, there's so many characteristics. As much as you like to, you know, you have this idea of a box of the type of person that you're looking for when you're hiring. But the reality is, is that you've got so many different characteristics. You've got the challenger. You've got the, the person who's great right. at building business rapport or, mm-hmm. or personal rapport with an individual. And then you've got your lone wolves. You know, your lone wolves that just go off off script all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what's amazing is that Each one of those individuals can find success in their own way. And as a leader, you need to figure out how you build a model that essentially allows them to use their personalities to be successful, but works within the embodiment and the framework that you know will drive success for the individual and the company. Yeah, that's
0: that's very interesting. So do you allow the little lone wolf? You say, okay, you're respecting the culture. You're getting the results. uh, You can go off script as much as you want, as long as those two things are being looked after.
1: The lone wolves are the ones that are driving innovation for the sales team. Uh, they're the they're the ones at the end of the day who come up with the new ideas, such as some of the video platform stuff that I was referring to earlier. Right. These are the individuals that this was enough, this wasn't something that I said, hey guys, let's use video <laughs> as a way to sell <laughs> now virtually. <personally."> I'm <laughs> right. still an old I'm still an old school sales guy where it's like pick up the phone and just cold call. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. now it's like you got to respect that, you know, maybe that doesn't necessarily work in this day and age. Maybe it's great for the 55-year-old CFO that you might be calling, but it doesn't work anymore for that 29-year-old CFO of a very very successful startup now that you want to call. You've got to be using technology. And those lone wolves are the ones that are driving this innovation with new ideas and teaching the rest of the team how to do so.
0: Wow. I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, I wish our audience were type of people that could uh, pay attention for longer than thirty-five minutes because we, <laughs> we could keep going, Brian. So here's a couple of questions, and we'll uh, we'll fire it off. Uh, what what's next on the horizon for SAP Concur?
1: So, you know, the big thing right now is still embarking on the new technologies that are out there. So we talked we talked about cloud. We talked about mobile. But now the big buzzword out there is artificial intelligence and machine yeah. learning. This And this sure. is stuff that we've been using for a while. So internally, we're we're using this technology ourselves to help us find the right prospects and predict their behavior. So we focus on the prospects that have the higher probability of actually wanting to buy with us. So it's technology that we're using to be more efficient and effective in what we do. But for our clients, I mean again, you, you think of technology, and I've been hearing a lot of things recently about Alexa, again, with Echo by Amazon. And right. it's, it's technology that everyone's familiar with, but they don't understand what is involved behind it, the machine learning and the, and the AI behind it. But when you look at our organization, you know some of the things that we continue to evolve in is optical character recognition, is that reading the receipt and making sure that we're transcribing that correctly into an expense report. So the individual doesn't become a filer of an expense report or, or a completer of an expense report anymore. They just validate the information and let it go off. Um, We're doing the same thing for invoices. We're doing the same thing with um, organizing travel documents from different sources, bringing it all together and creating an itinerary that can help create the perfect trip for a business traveler. Or if it's for finance, it's helping them identify fraud. So how can we help them detect something that is a trend that is outside of the norm of the organization or outside of policy that allows them to take action on something that could be fraudulent within an organization? So it's taking AI... And machine learning, and constantly embedding it into the services that we've been offering our clients for years.
0: Um, what's your uh, what's a, a book that you would recommend? And I, and I know it's a, it's a, it's a it's a kind of a question. Yeah, yeah, everybody gets asked that question. But I'm I'm fascinated with people's answers. And, and here's what I'm going to ask you: What's a book that you would recommend that people wouldn't necessarily uh, go into into the chapters to get?
1: You know what? I, I I made reference to The Lone Wolf, and the reason why I brought that up, there's there's a book that I, I encourage um, all of my new sales leaders, as well as all new salespeople coming to your organization to read, and it's called The Challenger Sale. I'm not sure if... Are you familiar with that? No, sir. No. And it, and it talks about the different personalities. For years, I think people thought that the, the most successful salespeople were the ones that could you know introduce themselves to a CFO, have a great dialogue, get to know them, and a sale would happen as a result of it. And And in this day and age, it's very much differently. It's not just a CFO by themselves who are buying. It's committees that are buying. And what we found is the person who is a challenger, your sales rep who is a challenger, who can challenge the norms, who can can challenge different cross-functional teams to think differently about how processes are being done, are the ones who are ultimately the most successful. And that's an absolutely fantastic book that I would recommend anybody in sales or any entrepreneur to read.
0: I think it, it sounds like it's uh, if uh, you're making it a, a necessity, it sounds like I would make it a necessity also because it is the one area that most businesses really need the most help in. Um, yes, you got to deliver on ultimately the sales and so on, but they've got to uh, have those talents to do that. Brian, this has been fast, man. It's been, it's been, <laughs> it's been, it's been rapid. It's been fast, fun. Fast-paced. It's been great. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, it really is. And uh, SAP Concur is lucky to have you, my friend, uh, for all kinds kinds of reasons and uh, and um uh i uh, really don't have anything else to say except thanks <laughs> keep on happening and, and i really hope i get the opportunity to shake your hand sometime because i think that would be the, the continuation of a great conversation right now
1: hey listen thanks rivers i i love your program and uh, i wish you all the best and i thank you for the time giving me the time to your audience today
0: no worries dude talk to you soon take care bye